they're a big front running team, and if they can get on, they can get ahead. Then all of a sudden, here comes their pass rush. They force you into having to play the football and play catch up, and the story just repeats itself over and over again. That kind of just puts them in that situation. So that 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 you know, can you can BC execute that scheme? I don't know, but it does help. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another minutes with mute. Presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies, joined alongside once again by Scott Mutrin. You know him, BCQB in the 90s, uh, now the sideline reporter for the IMG Learfield BC Sports Radio Network, doing a great job. I'm lucky enough to join him uh, by him every week. Like, also like to remind everybody if you're a BC football fan, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get all the details. All right, Scott, nice one uh, for you over the weekend. Fairly easy. Uh, BC wins 48-27 to over Georgia Tech, and the Eagles approved to 4-2. Yeah, uh, you know, a good all-around performance, I think, for the Eagles. Uh, they, the best thing is they kind of got their running game straight now. They're at 264 yards, no sacks allowed. So, offensive line, which is getting some grief, I think, uh, was able to get a little breathing room after this performance. They really... Controlled the line of scrimmage, really dictated terms on offense. It really felt like they could score every time they touched the ball. Defensively, they did. I thought they did a good job. They, they got back on the turnover game. They got was getting three turnovers. That really helps. You know, you get two fumble recoveries, interception, fumble recovery early, really kind of set the tone. And then the interception by uh, Jamal Hughes um, was just a kind of a backbreaker for those guys. So um, when, when that happened, it was just you know an all around good performance by them. So. And, and, you know, they're doing well on special teams as well, not to be overwhelmed. So really competing in all, in all three phases and really kind of uh, doing what they needed to do after that Virginia Tech game and uh, the sloppy performance they had in Blackstar. Yeah, you know, I think it's easy as a fan to look ahead to Clemson next week. But, hey, you get an ACC win at home over Georgia Tech, a team that's, you know, get, get new coach getting on the rise. I think you still got to give credit uh, to the Eagles. And, you know, after six games, they're 4-2. Yeah, and uh, exactly right. Four and two after six games in most of the conference play, minus one game, uh, you know, against Texas State, and that that says something. Says that you're, you know you're doing a good job. There's a good foundation. There's good coaching staff there, and they uh, most of all, I think the biggest thing you found out is that you got a quarterback. So uh, that that really helps the, the situation there. And uh, you know, he didn't have to do a ton throwing the football, but he almost ran for 100 yards, uh, 94 yards rushing. So. Um, that's really solidified a lot of things for them right now. But they're they're really you're seeing the improvements. You're seeing a ton of guys play too. I think uh, I don't know how many people have the ACC network, but the one thing you do notice is BC's playing a lot of guys on defense and mixing some some other guys in. And you're seeing, uh, especially on offense, you're seeing some new guys too. Like uh, you know, CJ Lewis had two touchdowns this weekend. He's really emerged this year. A guy that's become a go-to target for uh, for Phil. It's, it's Touchdown, six three kid, two hundred and ten pounds. He can run, so you know the, the the additional weapons on top of Zay Flowers and Hunter Long. That, that has been the biggest uh, uh, impress, impressive movement for them this year. Is, is seeing the new guys step up, and especially on offense, the playmakers, and then the amount of people they're playing on defense. And Scott, you referenced it a couple seconds ago. You talked about the Q, QB play for BC. Just before we move on to Clemson, what do you, what do you think? If you could break it down for the my listeners and the fans here. What do you think has been the key in how Djokovic's emerged, and even more so than years past with BC? What, what's been the differences in breaking down the QB play for the Eagles and why they've been successful so far? 
Well, I, I think what you found out is Frank Signetti targeted a guy that he wanted uh, when he came in there. And you get a guy that was highly recruited. And, I mean, he's 6'5", 220. He doesn't look fast when he's running, but he's, he's athletic. And he, he's tough to bring down. He, the more and more you watch him, the more and more he looks like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a Pittsburgh kid, too. It's, but, I mean, the, just the way in which his game is. You know, sometimes it can get ugly because he'll take some sacks. But he's already he's always trying to extend plays. He's always looking for the big play. And, you know, he's just he's a great leader. And when you kind of add all those things together, uh, that really helps to show, you know, really helps your offense. I mean, it has its identity. Uh, I think they've really been focusing the last two weeks on trying to run the football so that Phil doesn't have to throw it 50-plus times a game. But now that you've shown that you have the ability to do both, it just makes the BC offense so much more dynamic because you're forcing defenses to take care of both. Um, tough to stop Hunter Long in the middle of the field. Now you're getting C.J. Lewis. Um, Gill, who I think is, is improving each week, and Zay Flowers on the perimeter. Now you're really having to pick people in which they have to stop, and that that's a tough thing to do for a defense. When they're able to key on one thing, it makes it a lot easier for them. And now that BC's kind of doing a little bit of both, that, that can put defenses in a bind. Okay, so we mentioned earlier BC 4-2. and two. Now they got the Clemson Tigers down in South Carolina. Um you know, always interesting game. Dabo Sweeney took over the program since 2008, and they've skyrocketed. And, you know, I think many fans I mentioned to you before, we've kind of forget, during my four years at BC, the Matt Ryan era, we were 3-0 against Clemson. 05-06-07 wins. Big win 07 to win the division. Uh, you pull away from Clemson at their place, too. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and I it just... <laughs> yeah, it just I mean, we've talked about, you know, Damn 10 years... Insane how things have changed, and now Clemson obviously just dominating teams. Just from afar, what do you think um, What do you think of this game uh, from an Eagles perspective? Well, I mean, you're looking at a great team that has, you know, led by the, the number one overall pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, maybe Justin Fields can pass him, but I highly doubt that that happens. Um, he's consensus number one. Um, you know, the face of that franchise right now. But then you throw in, you know, they have dynamic receivers on the perimeter that are all over six feet tall. They can all, Mario Rogers, he's unbelievable. He, he can make plays inside the slot. Then you bring in Travis Etienne, who is, you know, a no-slouch himself, uh, one of the better running backs probably in ACC history, um, let alone, um, you know, let alone just in the most recent years. So you add all of that, on top of it, and then you bring in a defense led by Brent Venables that seems to graduate first-round draft picks um, every every year and just reloads with them. So you, you look at that squad and, and you say, well, how do you beat them? And sometimes it's, it's not necessarily what you get to do to beat them. It is the whole, what do you need to do to kind of make it close? Because they don't play in a lot of tight games, so you're kind of trying to figure a formula of success, and that's you know, probably control the clock, keep that offense off the field. Um, do not allow the offense, um, you know, to hit those big plays, force them to take the long way home. You know what I mean? You, you force them to, to, to drive the ball down the field and not to not to just give up those big plays. And then on offense, you control the ball and you, you, you run it. And then when you get those three to five big plays, opportunities, 
opportunities a game, you got to hit on them. And if you hit on those big plays and, and maybe have a you know a special teams thing work in your favor, then um, then you got a chance to keep it close. And then if you get it to the fourth quarter and it's a close game, crazier things have happened. So um, I, I think that if you look at a recipe and how you how you would want to beat them, um, if you don't have the horses, you know, like if you don't have the Ohio State uh, personnel or the the uh, Alabama personnel where you can go toe-to-toe with them and try to score uh, every possession, then that's what you have to do. So that, that's what you would draw up. Do you think Halfley's going to you know, obviously different horses you mentioned, but you know, he faced him against Ohio State in the semifinal game against Clemson. Do you think he's going to take anything from that game, or is it just two different situations altogether in your opinion? Well, take some scheme things out of that, but the, you got to remember is that when you're at Ohio State, you're, there, you have a different type of athlete and player there than you have when you're you're at Boston College. So yep. Yep. the scheme that he probably ran there was executed by you know some different personnel. And it's not a it's not a knock to the PC personnel. It's just it's just a fact. Yep. You know. So when you look at it that way, you have to kind of just be like, can he still run those same concepts without worrying about the repercussions? Because if you do that. You're leaving some guys on an island, and and if you lose some of those one on ones, they're a big front running team, and if they can get on, they can get ahead. Then all of a sudden, here comes their pass rush. They force you into having to play the football and play catch up, and the story just repeats itself over and over again. That kind of just puts them in that situation. So that that that's you know, can you can BC execute that scheme? I don't know, but it does help. Uh, so when he makes those halftime adjustments, you've noticed it. Besides. Virginia Tech, which is a little bit uh, kind of distorted because of the turnovers, but BC has done a good job in the second half and making those changes and and kind of and, and and adjusting to what offenses are doing well. And then before we wrap it up, and just what do you think has been the key from a Clemson perspective? How has Dabo been able to elevate this program to that next level? They've always were a good regional program but as you mentioned earlier they're now a national program no doubt about it what do you think has been the key to that success and do you think bc could take some tips from that to try to elevate their status as well in the college football landscape chestnut hill technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the boston area and owned by bc alum CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, maybe to a certain extent. The biggest thing that they, they have is they got the, the finances and the resources. They invested heavily into the program. Um, they built, you know, all the bells and whistles that everyone loves to have. You know, the locker room. I mean, they have bowling alley in their locker room. They have like a slide in their locker room. They got, they have everything and anything. <laughs> I think, think it's a mini golf course too. <laughs> so, um, you know, that helps. Uh, playing on a national stage and competing for national championships that helps. When you get that, you know, initial success, um, that's gonna. You know, you win that first national championship. That automatically throws your hat in the arena for every big time five-star recruit in the country because they're gonna, that's what guys want to do. They want to play on, at big-time pro, programs for national championships. Um, so he established that, that culture of winning, and he does it in a way that he doesn't do it by fear. He's an extremely positive guy. Um, he, he's all about 
he attracts quality opponent, uh, players because of it. Like his his personality, his program, the, the coaches there, the investment in it, the time, the resources, all those things factor into it. And the ability to, you know, with the great coaching staff that he has, you know, Brent Venable should be a head coach and, and you know, anywhere in college football, but he's making so much money as an assistant coach there. And I don't know if he wants to be a head coach, but, you know, he's he's doing so well there that they have such great coaches and they keep sending guys to the NFL. Like, that's what you want. Like, big-time players want to go to places where they can, A, play for national championships, and B, uh, get into the NFL. And if you're doing both and providing both of that in a great environment where you're getting a ton of support and a, and a ton of encouragement from your coach, that, that it recruits itself. And I love Dabo's story, too. 2000, 2001, that time period. He was out of coaching, selling real estate, you know, not even in the the profession. And then not many people knew who he was when uh, Bowden got fired as a Clemson wide receivers coach. And he wasn't a coordinator. He was elevated pretty far. And there was a lot of skeptics of what would turn into Clemson from 08 now. And He's just proven everybody wrong and just had so much success. But I think it's been it's a good perseverance story from a guy, like I said, who's selling real estate about twenty years ago. Yeah. Crazy how that works, right? <laughs> it really is. It really is. All right, Scott, what's on the menu uh for uh I you'll be down you'll be in Chestnut Hill, but calling the game from the press box, but uh, what what's on the menu as we get ready for a big game on Saturday? Well what I heard, you know, we've been doing the right thing and they've been doing a great job. I love listening to you guys on the radio, but man, I am ready for an ABC game where we don't have to scramble to find the ACC network. And I'm really, really pumped for that at 12 noon ABC. That that feels right. Yeah, at least you don't have to go too far on the dial. It'll be all right. Pretty low down on the remote control. I don't have to go up to those, you know, those big numbers. So that's a good thing. And then put the volume down and listen to Scott Mutrin, Mita Perel, and Cronin, right? That's the way to go. Absolutely right. Although it will mess you up because we'll. Uh, You got a costume for your kids? I mean, Trick or treating is tough this year, though, right? Yeah, I don't know what they're going as. I haven't really seen anything yet. <laughs> so I may just go as a, um, you know, football player. No, maybe I'll go as a uh, like a banana or something, or a hot dog. We have a hot dog costume. Maybe I'll throw that on. <laughs> There you go. There you go. All right, Scott. Appreciate the time. Another minutes with you in the books. And hopefully, maybe, who knows, we'll be talking next week after a W for the Eagles. It's time versus Clemson. It's definitely time to get a W. Yeah, absolutely. It would be great. It's going to take a lot of things going the right way for the Eagles, but we'll see. All right, Scott. Thanks so much. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. 
Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.